Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Western Heights Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. We exist to exalt Christ, equip the church, and engage the community. For more info, visit whbcwaco.org. This is a great day to worship our Lord and our Savior. You know that uh, on this particular day, there's more people worshiping in the church than there ever will be. At Easter Sunday, it draws people to church at this time of year. And so it's good to know that all over the city of Waco, the people are worshiping. Uh, maybe not at this particular time. Some will be and some won't, will be worshiping at a later hour. But this will be the time, the highlight of the year, that people will be worshiping. The fact that you're here today means that Easter has some kind of meaning to you. Easter has some, some semblance of significance in your life. But I want you to ponder with me a question. What if Easter never happened? What if Easter never happened? You know, today is also another day. It's called April Fool's Day. And a lot of people say that the greatest hoax, the greatest joke ever played upon humanity was the resurrection. That it did not happen. What if they're right? What if it's true? What if Easter never did happen? That's what I'd like to ponder with you this morning as we consider that idea. So I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 20. And I think it's interesting that Paul actually ponders this question with us in the text this morning. As we look at these words in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 20 under the heading, what if Easter never happened. This is what Paul says, starting in verse 12. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead. But He did not raise Him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. I want us to ponder this passage of Scripture this morning and, and look at it. And, and Paul basically says, if Easter did not happen, there's six tragic things that we have to consider this morning. <laughs> First, <coughs> if Easter never happened, then preaching is useless. Look at verse 14. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. Some passages say it's, it's vain. Preaching is vain. It's, it's profitless. I like the word useless because I know what it's like to be useless. Listen, if preaching is useless, if Christ has not been raised from the dead and our, and our preaching is useless, we're wasting our time. And, and the thing that gets me about this is that, that if preaching is useless, you know what I'd be? I'd be a beggar on the street because I have no other gifts. I have no other talents. I'd just be a beggar out of the street because I wouldn't know what I'd do with my life. But put me out of the equation. Uh, take me out of it. 
If preaching is, is useless, it's no benefit to you whatsoever. It offers no encouragement. It offers no hope. It offers nothing beyond this life. It's wasting my time, and it's wasting your time. I have those in my family that think that I waste my time every Sunday. When I was left as, left as chaplain at a, church, at a hospital to be, be a pastor, uh, they couldn't understand it. They said, that's useless. It's a waste of time. I left a really good paying job to go and be a preacher at a small church. And they said, that's a waste of time. It is useless endeavor. According to Paul, Paul says that if Christ has not been raised, if there is no resurrection, then preaching is useless. He's saying it has no benefit if Christ is still in the grave. Preaching offers nothing. Why is that? Because the heart of the gospel is the resurrection. Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. He goes, now brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and in which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. That is the gospel in a nutshell. That's what the gospel is. And listen, no preacher can preach the gospel unless he preaches the resurrection. He can't do it. There is no gospel without the resurrection. We might as well close up shop and go home and watch HGTV. It'll be about as use, much use to us as me standing here and doing this. It has no benefit because without the resurrection, there is nothing beyond this life. There's nothing. Your way of thinking is as good as my way of thinking. Matter of fact, your way of thinking might be better than my way of thinking. Empty is what it is. If Christ, has, if, if Christ has not been raised, if Easter never happened, our preaching is useless. But there's another one here. He says, not only is your preaching useless, he said, if Easter never happened, then your faith is useless. Look at verse 14 again. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Paul is saying that if Christ has not been raised, if Easter never happened, you are trusting in something that does not deserve your trust. Who wants to put their faith in Jesus if he's dead? It's not enough just to believe that, that Jesus died for your sins. You also have to believe in the resurrection. Without the resurrection, Jesus is dead, and he has no power for your life. Your faith is useless. But the Bible says that if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you believe that God raised him from the dead, he says, you will be saved. You never separate those two. The crucifixion and the resurrection, they go together. You can't have one without the other. They go together. The resurrection is the difference between all the other religions in the world. The resurrection is the difference between all other people that base their faith in some other entity or some other being. You see, they lived, they died, and they're still dead. Jesus lived, he died, but he is no longer dead. That's the difference that the resurrection makes. Nobody wants to follow a loser. 
Why would we choose to follow somebody that couldn't defeat death? Why would we choose to follow someone like that? But the Bible says that Jesus escaped death, and he's alive today. Paul said in Romans 1, verse 4, these words, Jesus was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. How do I know that Jesus is the Son of God? How do I know that he can save me? How do I know that the Bible is true? How do I know that the promises of God are yes in Jesus Christ? Let me tell you how I know. God raised Jesus from the dead, and that's God's stamp of approval upon Jesus Christ. That's his stamp of approval. Everything Jesus did, I accept. Everything Jesus said, I accept. That's what it means. The Bible says he is shown to be the Son of God by the power of the resurrection. We don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a living Savior. We serve a Savior who's alive. Listen, a dead Savior is nobody's Savior. He can't save you from anything. But a Savior who's alive, he can save you. But there's another truth in this passage. If Easter never happened, the disciples are deceivers. Look at verse 15. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. But we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead, but, it, but He did not raise Him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. Now, let me give you Paul's argument. He's not saying that Jesus is actually in the tomb and we're lying. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that, that, that we're not making this stuff up. He's saying Jesus is indeed not in the tomb, so we're telling you the truth is what he's saying. He's saying that, that if he is indeed in the tomb and he has not been raised from the dead, he says, we're false witnesses. What is a false witness? A false witness is one who knows the truth, but he deliberately tells a lie. He goes before people. He knows everything he says is a lie, but he deliberately tries to deceive people. That is a false witness. That's what he's saying in that passage. But he says, we testify that Jesus Christ is alive. Many of the disciples say, we saw him. We, we experienced him. We, we talked with him. We ate with him. Listen to the way the apostle John describes it in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. I think you're going to see a hint here. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which you have seen with our eyes. You see this? Which we have heard, seen with our eyes which we have looked at and with our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard. John says, we're not making this stuff up. We didn't fantasize about this. We touched him. We saw him. We experienced him in the flesh. This is what we're testifying about. This is what we are speaking about, is what John is saying. Now, I know what you ask. Well, how do we know they didn't make it up? How do we know they didn't just tell a lie to save face, to make themselves look better? Or as many would say today, how do you know they didn't make it up just so they could manipulate people? Manipulate people to, to give them money, to persuade them to follow their way. How do we know that? Because these people paid with their lives 
for this. All these individuals that we're talking about, these ones that saw Jesus, many of them, most of them died, they were tortured, they were beaten, they spent their life in prison. People don't do that for a lie. They do not do that. They pay with their lives. I was reading this week, Chuck Colson. Some of you older folks will know who Chuck Colson is. Well, probably everybody here knows who Chuck Colson is, all right? If you don't, I'm going to tell you, Chuck Colson was uh, one of Richard Nixon's hatchet men during the Watergate conspiracy. He also eventually became the leader of prison fellowship. This is what he wrote. He said, I know the resurrection is a fact. Watergate proved it to me. How? Because 12 men testified they had seen Jesus raised from the dead. Then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it weren't true. Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they could not keep alive for three weeks. You're telling me 12 apostles could keep alive for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. Therefore, he became a follower of Jesus Christ. So you're faced with the conclusion. If Jesus Christ's Christ is still in the grave, then disciples were liars and fakes and frauds and con men. Now you're going to tell me the Apostle Paul was a fool? You're going to tell me that, that Peter was a con man? You're going to tell me that John was a liar and that the disciples uh, committed the, the greatest April Fool's joke that society has ever heard? I don't believe it. I can't accept that. Common sense. Just common sense says there's no way that would have happened. But that's the conclusion you're left if Easter never happened. For truth, if Easter never happened, then sin still reigns over you. If Easter never happened, sin still reigns over you. Look at verse 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. If Christ has not been raised, you are still living in your sins. What does that mean? What does it mean? Here's what it means. That if Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, then it wasn't good enough to pay for your sins. That means that you're still living in your sins. It means that God did not accept payment of Jesus Christ for your sins. The resurrection is proof positive that what Jesus did, God accepted it. It's proof positive. That Jesus took the wrath of your sins upon himself. He took the judgment of God upon himself so that you would not have to face the judgment, so that you would not have to face the wrath. But wrath, how do we know that's true? Because he raised Jesus from the dead and said, it's acceptable. You paid the price. It is acceptable to me. Romans 4.25 says this, He was delivered over to death for our sins. Notice what the scripture says. He was delivered over to death for our sins. He wasn't delivered over to death for his sins because he was sinless. He was delivered over to death for your sins. But then the verse continues and he says, and was raised to life for our justification. Amen. So 
He paid the price for your sins, but God raised him to life so that you could be justified from your sins. Listen, without the resurrection, there is no any hope of heaven, no hope whatsoever of heaven. The fact that he died is not important unless he also rose from the dead. It doesn't matter what he did on the cross if he was not raised from the dead. Here's the way you got to think about it. No resurrection, no Savior. No Savior, no forgiveness. No forgiveness, no justification. No justification, no cleansing. No cleansing, the penalty of sin is still upon you. And you are destined for death and you are destined for hell. Why is that? Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Eternal separation from God. What's the old song say? Living he loved me. Dying he saved me. Buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. Thank God. Thank God there is a resurrection. Thank God that Easter did indeed happen. And because of that, sin no longer has reigned over us. But there are still some that don't believe it. If Easter never happened, then death has dominion. Look at verse 18. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Here's what Paul is saying. If there is no resurrection, your husband is dead and rotting in the grave. Your wife is dead and rotting in the grave. Your children are dead and rotting in the grave. Your mother, your father is dead and rotting in the grave. That's what he says. And you will never see them again. They are in the grave to rot and decay. Death has won. It's won. Without the resurrection, death has won. Are you going to tell me the intelligence that created this earth that we live in, this universe that we live in? I was just yesterday, I was driving to the uh, I guess it was a prayer meeting or maybe the breakfast. And I looked up and saw the moon, full moon in the sky. And just for a moment, I said, well, that's beautiful. And I said, that's just amazing how God created that. Did you know that the earth is perfectly, is the perfect distance from the sun, tilted in the exact angle it needs to be, rotating, rotating for 24 hours, we get a day, and it's spinning around the sun to get those 365 days. And the moon is purposely placed exactly where it needs to be, the exact place it needs to be. And it actually is rotating. It takes 27 days for the moon to actually rotate around the earth. But it also is spinning. 27 days it spins, and it's rotating around the earth. So we always think it's, we're seeing the same side, but it's not really that way. 
And if just the slightest change in the axis of the earth, we'd spin out of control or we'd burn up. If we move too far one way, we'd freeze. And if the moon was not there, you know what? It affects the tides. It affects the ocean. It causes more waves. And you want to tell me that all that happened, boom! It happened and it exactly landed the way that it's supposed to be. No, no, there has to be intelligence. And you want to tell me that the creator, the, the one, the intelligence behind this thing we call the earth and this thing we call mankind intends for it all just to die and rot in the grave? That's his purpose? That was his plan all along? You want me to believe that? I can't do it. I can't believe it. I can't believe that the creator of the universe, the creator of man who made them a little lower than the angels, intends for us just to die and rot in the grave. I can't believe that. I'm glad that I have good news to preach. I'm glad I don't have to preach that kind of news. I'm glad that it does not end in a veil of tears as we say goodbye never to meet again. I'm glad I can preach there is life beyond. There is hope. There is resurrection. There is life after death. When I served as a chaplain at a hospital, I was working ICU one day. And they had two critical patients in the ICU. They were all critical, but these two were extremely critical. On one end of ICU was a man who had had a massive heart attack and was not going to make it through the night. And the thing that was interesting about this man, I just preached at his church the Sunday before, and we had sat in the foyer and visited and had a great fellowship. And there he shows up at the ICU. And in his, in his room was his, his children and his wife, and they were singing hymns and, and, and saying prayers. And God, it was a time of rejoicing, to be honest. And then down the hall from him, about halfway down by the nurse's station, there was a young man, probably in his early 30s, with his wife, weeping at his feet. And he was dying. He was already dead, basically, because the flesh-eating virus had eaten his entire intestines and body out. I won't get into all the details. He was on life support. There's no brain activity but we were keeping him alive artificially. And I would go in and I would comfort her and I'd counsel her the best I could, but she had no understanding of life after death. She had no understanding of a resurrection. She had no understanding of a relationship with a loving God who created her and created him. I could not offer her much hope. I just had to try to offer her counsel and eventually, I had to be the one to tell her to pull the plug. What's the contrast? What's the difference between these two individuals that died on the same day? One believed in a risen Savior. The other did not. One believed there's a resurrection of the dead. The other did not. What a difference because Christ has been raised Paul says the resurrection of Jesus is the first fruits of many more to come. That's his argument in this passage. He said the people are saying that there is no resurrection. He said, listen, if there is no resurrection of other than Jesus Christ, indeed, was not resurrected because he's the first fruits of many to come. That's his argument. He says death no longer has dominion over 
us. And those who are followers of Jesus Christ, hear me on this, those who are followers of Jesus Christ, who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, he said, you are my Lord, you are my Savior, I'm going to follow you. Those that have put their faith in Jesus Christ, they too will be raised from the dead someday. They may experience physical death, but they will not experience the spiritual death. They will not be eternally separated from God. Listen to the way Paul describes it in 1 Thessalonians Chapter 4, verses 13 and following. Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's own word, the dead in Christ shall rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Guys, this is not fantasy land. This is not fiction. This is reality. Why we know that? Because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. But, but, if Easter never happened, we have nothing to look forward to. Nothing. Look at verse 19. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. If all we have is this right here, and there's nothing beyond, we ought to be pitied. Your loved ones are dead, and they are gone. You're never going to see them again. They're in the grave to rot and decay. Death is won. Death is won. And there is no victory. That's all there is. Just bad news. It's going to get worse. You're going to get sicker. You're going to get sicker. You're going to have problems and eventually you're going to die. Some disease is going to gnaw at your body. Some weakness is going to, to bring you down. All your loved ones will be stripped away by death. Ernest Hemingway said it this way. It's as if we are a colony of ants living on the end of a burning log. Think about people without Jesus. What do they have to look forward to? What do they have to anticipate? A hole in the ground, six foot deep. That's it. That's all they have to look forward to. Without Christ, we are all miserable. Without Christ, this whole thing of, of time and this whole thing of space, it's just a bad joke. And it makes no sense whatsoever. It is chaotic if Easter never happen and our future is fearful and it's futile and there's no hope but look at verse 20 you ought to circle this matter of fact I'd circle that big but right? circle it look what he says verse 20 but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. You know what that tells me? 
Because Christ has been raised from the dead, preaching is beneficial. Your faith is reliable. The disciples were dependable. Sin is beaten. Death is defeated. Future is secure. And the resurrection has taken the sting out of death and the gloom out of the grave. And there is hope. And it's steadfast. And it's true. Because Easter did happen. The resurrection did happen. I read a fable a few years ago about a spider who was envious of a lion. The lion was the king of the jungle, and the, the spider is envious. So the, the lion goes into the cave to sleep, and the, and, the, and the spider says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to entrap the lion in his cave. And so the spider began weaving his web across the cave, back and forth, up and down, till the whole cave was covered with the spider web. And he goes, there, now I've trapped him. He will never prowl at night. He will never lay in the, green, uh, the golden grass during the daytime. He will no longer roar and say he's the king of the jungle. He is now my prisoner and he's trapped. And one day the lion woke up and he yawned. And he roared a big old roar that echoed through the valley. And then he walked out the cave and he didn't even know the spider web was there. Didn't even know it was there. Listen, betrayal and hate wove a web of unbelief across the tomb of our Savior Jesus Christ. But the Lion of Judah, the Lion of the tribe of Judah has risen from the dead and he has never even known that the devil's flimsy web was there. Living, he loved me. Dying, he saved me. Buried, he carried my sins far away. Rising, he justified freely forever. One day, he's coming, oh glorious day. Are you ready for that day? Because let me tell you, he's going to come, brother. You're ready or not, he's going to come. The only way you can be ready for that coming is you better make it today. The time to be prepared for the judgment, the time to be prepared for the second coming is to make those provisions today. In a moment, we're going to have you give you an opportunity to respond. We won't drag it out. God's either spoken to you or He hasn't spoken to you. All right? God has either revealed His truth to you through His Word or He has not revealed His truth to His Word. But I believe God does reveal His truth to all those that are listening. So perhaps for some of you, you need to put your faith in a risen Savior. Not some book, but in the God of the book. Amen. In the Christ of the book. The Savior of the book. You need to put your faith in Jesus Christ and the gospel has been preached. And if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Some of you need to do that this morning. For others of you, you're a churchgoer. But you're just a church goer, you're not a church attender. There's a difference. There's a difference. There's those that go to church and those that attend church. We talked about it this week in, week in, 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 in staff meeting. Some of you are part of the church, but you're not vested in the church. You're not vested. You're just a participant, but you're not really vested in the life of the church. Listen, 
The church is the bearer of good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ. For some of you, you need to be part of a church. You need to get more dedicated church. For others of you, you're, you're a visitor, you're looking for a church home. We would love to have you be a part of this church. But look, if this is not the church for you, we are more than perfectly okay with that. But find a church that's good for you. Find a church that believes the Word of God, preaches the Word of God, teaches the Word of God, and tries to live by it, okay? We don't get it perfect every day. Is Amen, is that right? But we're trying, we're trying. Find a church that's right for you and sink your life into the church. In a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond. As you jump to your feet, well, stand to your feet. Kip's going to come and lead us. Josh Marcy's going to come down. We'll be here for you. If you want somebody to talk with, you want somebody to pray with you, you want to know how to be a follower of Jesus, you want to know how to be a part of this church, we can tell you how to do that. As Cassie and Marilyn and Kip come to lead us, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you this morning thanking for this day. Thank you for this opportunity you've given to us to be here today to worship a risen Savior who's in the world today. People ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Father, we thank you. Touch lives this morning, Father. Convict them, Lord, where they need to be convicted. Challenge them, God, where they need to be challenged. Father, we just pray that you'd move in our lives. What's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.